There are secrets to a happy life, to an effective life, to a successful life, to a quality life. Stay tuned. All right, welcome Monday. It's another great Monday. And this one is February the 26th. It is a great day to be with you. I talked about last week about liking Mondays. I like Mondays. Um, it's kind of like a day that you can take your breath, at least for pastors and preachers. And, um, and also, you're starting out on a lot of uh, new things, a, an exciting new week. And I hope that you can think of your week as being an exciting new week. You ought to have some exciting things in every week. You know, maybe I just talk about today a little bit about some practical things in life that you, you, you have to learn to have some exciting things in a week. You have to learn um, to pick them out. Anticipation. Get that word in your mind. Anticipation. Anticipation is an important thing in having mental health. Do you have any things planned in your life ahead each week, maybe each day or two, each month, and each year? Do you have some things to anticipate? So you ought to create things that are positive, that are uh, attractive, that you look forward to, to anticipate. They're not all just going to happen. And um, you you want to you want to get these out there. Then secondly, you want to get up every day. The mind has to be controlled. Especially if you're talking about living for God, part of discipleship is control of your mind. You have to know enough about your mind to know that it has to be controlled. Your mind will default to the negative. Your carnal mind will default to the negative. If somebody says something and it could be something that they meant this way or this way, your mind, if it's left just to itself, well, oftentimes, more than half the time, will default to uh, a bad, a suspicious way of looking at what was said. If that becomes a habit, your whole life becomes bound by that. These are important things. These are, these are they're simple things, but they're really, really important. Another thing is you you want to you want to discipline your mind that every day starts positive. You do not let yourself get out of the bed and start groaning about how bad the day is going to be. Because what you think and speak can help to shape the reality of that day. And I've told you in the past about an experiment they did with um, uh, the small, trying to find the smallest particle of matter that they could find. And uh, this is one of the classes that I teach, trying to find the smallest particle. And so um, if you know about an atom, an atom has a neutron and a proton and an electron. The electron orbits around the neutron and the proton around the center like a little orbit. And it is, it's so small that, of course, the human eye cannot see all these things just by looking at it on a table or something. Uh, I mean, I mean, in this pen, there may be 50 million 
atoms. I mean, I don't know how many there is, but there's more than we could count. And so, uh, so the electron at the time was is one of the smallest things, whatever it was, that man could find. So they took this and they they with a with a computer program, scientists took this and they did what they called the double slit experiment, and they got it where the electron could be identified, could be seen, kind of. So they said, let's see if it is just a little bit of energy that doesn't have, that's not matter, or if it is a particle that is matter, the smallest thing. And so they looked at it, one science looked at it and said, I believe it's a particle. And he was right. It was a particle. Another scientist looked at it and said, I believe it is just a wave of energy. And he was right. It was a wave of energy. They found out this is a true science experiment. Uh, Whatever you want to think about it, you can think about it. They found out that the opinion of the observer helped to create the reality in the smallest piece of matter or wave of energy. The the opinion of the observer, the, the piece of matter, in a sense, read the mind of the observer or the observer by his observation or her observation some way conveyed their opinion to that smallest piece of matter or wave of energy. And it became whatever the observer thought it was. Now, they did some other experiments that are equally amazing. But but think about that. So I can't explain all of that, but I but I think it does indicate that you do partner with God in helping to create your world. And attitudinally, there's applications of that. So you get up in the morning and you're gripey and you're grouchy and you you you've already forgot that God's give you health and strength and raiment and so forth. All of that is part and parcel of what makes life good or what makes life a drudgery. And so today on this Monday, we are thankful for this Monday. It's like the old man that for the first time he was old enough, they were going to have to put him in a convalescent home. They couldn't take care of him anymore, but he was lucid of mind. And so they said, okay, um, uh, dad here, they took him into this convalescent home for the first time. And they said, dad, here's the convalescent home. And um, he said, bye. It's it's beautiful. It, it's clean. It, I, I like it. And uh, they took him to his room and they said, this is your particular room. And he said, wow, this room is really, really nice. I'm going to love this room. Well, I mean, it's a convalescent home. And, you know, even the best convalescent homes are still convalescent homes. And so somebody asked him, they said, dad, Everything that you see, you are saying this is the nicest thing in the world. Yet, you know that this is a convalescent home. He said, let me explain something to you. 
things have a way of becoming closer to what I want by what I say. Now, I see this in my wife. We can find new foods that are diet foods that taste like glop, but people eat it so that they can not gain weight and lose their health and and not be able to get around. And so uh, she'll eat it and she'll say, this, honey, have you tasted this yet? No, this is incredible. This is the best stuff. I, I You've never ate anything so good as this. And she can eat anything and it and it's good. She likes it. It's good. Very good. But it's not. It's in her mind. And when I eat it, it is glop. You're paying for a package of glop. But, you know, if I was able to train my mind just right to say, this isn't glop, this is wonderful, then maybe it would be closer to at least tolerable. So anyway, all of that about welcome. <laughs> welcome to Monday. It is, it is, it is Monday. But I, I would add something to that. There's, you have to kind of, you, you got to not fight against life. You, you can spend your whole life fighting against life, fighting against schedules, fighting against what you can't change. Everything is stressful. Looking at everything and, and experiencing everything as, as being a, the ty- tyranny of time. You don't have time to do this. You know, and you're always in a hurry and, it, and you, and you always end up late and, you, this and this becomes a pattern in life, but there is a secret to life to learn. This is the great wisdom Monday. Okay, there is a secret to life to learn about rhythm. Life lived as it's intended and lived at the height that's of, of its effectiveness has a rhythm to it. Everything in the universe has a rhythm to it. Just think for a minute. The ocean. Some of you may have heard me teach about this sometime or another, but the ocean, it flows in. That's assertion. It's asserting itself. It's flowing in. And then it ebbs out. And it does that thousands of times every day. Flows. It's the nature of the ocean. It has a rhythm it. That rhythm comes from, and I don't fully have it all down, but it comes from the moon, which has its own rhythm. The seasons reflect rhythm. Why do we call spring spring? Because everything is springing. (laughs) Everything is springing forth. New life, new leaves, new grass, new whatever, new weeds. So it's 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 spring. Why do we call fall fall? Because it's regressing. It's falling back, and the leaves are falling off, and the sap is falling back into the tree, and all of these things are movement towards winter, and so spring is movement towards summer and production. Fall is moving towards winter. And so the whole thing moves and your whole year moves in a natural rhythm. And then it makes a little cycle and it comes back 
and boom, it's spring again. So this is this is the patterns that we see all around us. And and when we look at them, we cannot fail to understand that this happens in everything. Um, and there is assertion and then there's relinquishment. There is there is assertion and then there's surrender. Okay, so this is seen in human relationships. This is seen in the human body. It's more pronounced in women than in men, but there are times each month that we are stronger, we are sharper, we feel better, we have more energy than at other times. So there is this 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 rhythm of life that flows. You can see it in preaching. If you want to make an application for you that are uh, speakers or Sunday school teachers or whatever, you can be preaching. And one of the important things of whether your preaching is anointed or not, you say, well, the anointing comes from God, not the congregation. Wrong. The anointing comes from both vertical from God, first, foremost. You've got to have that, obviously. You're right about that. But there's also an anointing that is horizontal. And that's why you are called a servant of the people. A preacher is serving people. And so he has to humble himself before them. He has to gather them and some way get them to accept him. Now, he can do it by coercion, but it won't be as effective as if, I mean, sometimes he can do it by coercion, but it won't be as effective as if he learns the rule that I am serving these people dinner today. And so first he has to set the table. And when they when they get there, he has to welcome them. He has to get them in and get them to be a part. When he starts talking, he has to gather all of their minds. This is all part of this is all part of preaching. And uh, uh and 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 he does all that. And then he starts preaching, and there is a rhythm set up. So great preachers are made by great congregations. And great congregations are created by preachers that know how to teach them how to be a great congregation. A great, con- and the Holy Ghost, of course, can teach them also. But, um, well, I guess if the preacher teaches them, it is the Holy Ghost doing it. But it can do it mediated through the teacher. It can do it unmediated through the Spirit. But a good congregation knows, they know that there has to be a relationship between the preacher and the congregation for this anointing to work right. The anointing of the congregation is acceptance. They are embracing the preacher. They are saying yes, and they say that to what he's preaching. So so whether it's a what we call a Baptist nod, that's uh, the preacher's preaching and somebody in the congregation is going yes, yes, or they're saying amen, or they're up with their hands up, yes, glory to God. Whatever it is, it is the preacher he is the asserter. He is the masculine. He is casting forth the word of God, okay? And the people are receiving it, but they don't just receive it. Here's the secret in your own church. Here's the secret. They receive it, and they throw it back with amen, with yes, tell me more, with yes, we appreciate the word of God. Yes, this makes us love God more. That that wave hits the preacher, and then it reinforces the throwing back again. And this 
rhythm is set up, and this is how we learn between teacher, preacher, and congregation. And this is how the anointing flows. The anointing is coming on the preacher, and then he is casting it forth, and then the congregation is... Re so if you're in a church where people don't understand this, and it's just deader than a hammer, and they're making their grocery list while the preacher's preaching, or texting somebody, or whatever. That affects the whole thing. You can't hide it. It affects the whole thing. There is this there is this rhythm to life. So when you get up in the morning, there is a rhythm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're with me today. Thank you for help, and strength, and raiment, and shelter, and the Holy Ghost, and and life, and strength, and on and on. There's 10,000 things you could thank him for. And, and so we get on the right track, and then we go through our relationships with people, our relationships with our spouse is all dependent on this rhythm of patience to let it work and, and kindness and expressions that are positive and reinforcing. All of this works in life. Now, you can just go living your life ruthless, just chopping down everything you see, but it, it's it's gonna not going to be a quality life. It's not going to be a life that maximizes the possibilities of human life, and we want to maximize it. All right, so we've just done a little talking today, but I hope this has been good because our time is up.